Hello there, true believers. This is Head Speaks, a proud member of the Headcast Network family of shows. As usual, I am your host, Aaron Moss, aka Head. This is my mostly monthly Headcast, where I talk about comics, movies, role-playing games, TV shows, and anything else geeky that I want. So sit back and enjoy the ride. Let's begin. I was going to bring you a couple of different segments today, but due to time and basically not having the time to record what I wanted to, we're just going to have the one segment today. That segment is What's in Head's Long Box? Faster than a speeding bullet. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. The Justice League of America versus the Legion of Doom. This is Watson Head Longbox. Dedicated to truth, justice, and peace for all mankind. The world's greatest super friends. Today starts the first episode of my multi- Fantastic opus, if you will, Armageddon 2001. Each episode will have a different guest host or two, and we're going to look at the 2000, Armageddon 2001 two issues and all the annuals that took place in between. And that's going to take about a year or so. When I'm done with that, or I get closer to the end, I'm going to think about it a little bit, and I may cover the two miniseries that came after it. I'm not quite sure yet. But we'll see. Maybe it depends on what you guys think. If you guys want to hear me talk about those also, let me know. Uh, but I will be covering Armageddon 2001 today. And then the next episode, we'll start going to the annuals. I'll cover all the annuals. And then I'll have the second episode. Uh, so no further delay. Uh, I recorded this earlier, so I'm going to go ahead and play what I recorded with my special guests. I have Pat Sampson and Jared Albrick, the art sale artist. I'm going to reintroduce them on the other side when I start the actual talk, but uh, I just want to give you a little intro and let you know what's coming up. So let me know what you guys think about Armageddon 2001. I think I say it during this piece, but I'm going to say it now. You can email me at head at headspeaks.com and give me your thoughts on the, the actual issues and what you think about my show. Head Speaks will be back after these important messages. Hello, I'm Pat Sampson, and I would like to invite you to join me on my podcast, The Longbox Crusade. On this podcast, I'm reading through my 20-plus longboxes that I have stored away in my basement. On each episode, I will select a random issue from my collection and take a very highbrow, thoughtful approach to examining these truly American art forms that help to shape our popular culture. 
Oh, oh, I like comics too. Uh, can I get a comic out of my long box that syncs up with the month and year of the comic from your long box and chat about that too? Oh, oh, and video games. Can we talk about games? Or, or maybe James Bond too? I love James Bond. <sighs> Fine. Jared Elbrick, a.k.a. the Yard Sale Artist. We can add some of your comics and enthusiasm to the show. It might help get a deeper introspection of... Did someone say James Bond? I love James Bond, and I love comics, too. I can bring a comic from my lawn box to sync up with you guys. I also love movies and music, even news stories that tie into the time period that match the comic books we review. Uh, this is what I get for inviting both the Albrecht brothers into my show. Jason, how the heck can we fit all that into my deeply intellectual review of... Uh, well, you know what? Fine. Let's do it. Let's cram it all into one podcast. Join us on the Longbox Crusade, folks. We'll bounce around in time from issue to issue, pulled randomly from my longboxes, and the Alpert Brothers will bring along issues with the same month and year cover date. We'll talk about the comics and the time period they come from, including... World news of that time. Top 40 music chart toppers. Movies, both good and bad. Maybe even some favorite recipes. Whatever I think is funny. We'll probably have to suffer through things that Jared thinks are funny. We'll jam it all into one pop culture extravaganza examining the comics in my longbox and the time period surrounding them. Join us for a wild ride through time on the Longbox Crusade podcast as we attempt to read them all. What's, What's in, in your longbox? Long and now back to... Head Speaks. Welcome back. And now for what's next on What's on Head's Bookshelf. We're gonna this is the beginning of my Maxi series looking at Armageddon 2001. This was one of DC's event crossovers. It crossed over into the annuals in 1991. The first issue we're gonna look at is Armageddon 2001. Uh, before going further, though, I will let you know that I am going to try to have guest hosts for every episode. Um, I try to get people that know what they're talking about, good podcasters. I couldn't find any, so I ended up going for uh, a couple of buddies I know. Uh, Pat Sampson and Jared Albrick. Pat, it's a prescription for danger. Hey, Pat. Jared. These hey. nuts. You <laughs> <laughs> had to drag the bottom I'm, of the barrel. And <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I could fill in for... Like you know, five, ten down or the roll here. Or? Yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna fart into the microphone any minute now. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I decided I've got these guys on. I, I talk with them over my GI Joe podcast, and Pat started a couple podcasts on his own, and he made the mistake of inviting Jared. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> so I've got to get them on here to talk about the, the first issue of Army in 2001. Uh, right. Let me go, go through the, the credits real quick for this one. Uh, the title of this was, again, Armageddon 2001. The cover date was May of 1991, but again, to buy it on sale, it came out March the 12th of 1991. This was a whopping $2, which was uh, cost quite a bit for back in the day. It had 64 pages, though. The title of this issue was called Dark Time, written by Archie Goodwin, penciled by the fabulous Dan Jurgens, inked by Dick Giordano, Letter Albert Tobias de Guzman and colorist Anthony Tolan. Uh, this book was reprinted in Armageddon 2001. I guess there was a variant cover for it. 
It came out in 1991, according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics. The cover was by Dan Jurgens and inked by Terry Austin. Going for the synopsis. Our story is narrated by an unknown narrator. He's talking about time and how he doesn't have time. Time has him. We then see Superman rescuing somebody. The next page shows the hand reaching out to save the person. And it keeps changing from Superman, Green Lantern, to Captain Atom. Then we see Batman lifting a young boy out of the rubble. And then Firestorm is flying away. We discover along the way that the narrator is relating a tale of when some unremembered superhero rescued him. The narrator describes how the heroes were giants, but they weren't heroes. At this point, we see Superman standing over the city as him and an armored Batman are battling it out. Wonder Woman breaks them up as other heroes join them, and then they begin battling Darkseid. They defeat Darkseid as our narrator continues talking how they've always triumphed until they died. The next page shows some black electrical figure wiping out the heroes. The narrator tells us that it wasn't a villain that killed them, but one of their own. He ponders what caused this to happen, as we see a black figure standing over the skeletons of our heroes. We find out this all happened in 2001, the end of an era and the beginning of another. We then go to present time, you can't see him doing quote marks, in 2030, where we find Matthew Ryder and his friend-slash-co-worker Harris walking along the street talking. Matthew is pondering the time before they put up the statues of an armored man we'll discover is called Monarch. The men split up as Matthew says he has some errands to run. Matthew slinks along the streets, streets, passing signs for the peacekeepers and billboards of Monarch saying that he's watching. Matthew goes to a disc salesman who shows him some forbidden discs on Heroes. Later we find Matthew sitting at his home computer, going through the disc, looking at pictures of the Justice League International and the Teen Titans. Matthew then has dinner with his family, who includes his daughter, who is a peacemaker. They have a slight argument about peacemakers and their preemptive strikes. At work the next day, his buddy Harris tells Matthew that the higher-ups are pressuring them to develop time travel. As they talk, they are knocked aside by peacemakers pursuing someone. As the peacemakers prepare to shoot the fleeing man, Matthew notices a little girl in the line of fire. Remembering someone helping him once, maybe Cyborg, Matthew jumps and pulls the little girl to safety as the fleeing man is blown away. One of the officers says that Matthew needs to go downtown for interfering. The officer removes her helmet and we find out that it's his daughter, Karen. As Matthew complains that they're, they're risking shooting a little girl, Karen shows him the suspect they killed. It's revealed to be the old man who's holding his discs. Matthew wonders what happened to Karen and the world. Karen said that this is the way the world works now. Matthew thinks that someone should change it. As Matthew and his team continue working on time travel, Matthew wonders why Monarch wants it so bad. Next, we find Matthew talking to a clerk, or something, about time travel, and how Matt volunteered as a test subject, but Thorpe tells him he's too unstable to be trust, thrust to the time stream. Well, he was turned. Uh, next, we see a lady suiting up for a test run for time travel. She vanishes, and narration tells us that no one ever returns from the ride. Later, Matthew throws a bottle of gasoline or something at one of the monarch statues and yells at it before lighting it on fire. The peacemakers show up and are about to shoot him when he's saved by Monarch. Aboard a space station, Monarch monologues to Matthew about how he's doing good for the world. Matthew explains that his time travel works, but the subjects don't have the will, due to Iron, uh, Monarch's iron rule. Monarch decides that Matthew Ryder will work as a test subject. He feels that his love for a family will keep him from changing the past. Matthew passes Monarch's test, and then Matthew Ryder is sent back through time.
and he'll become something new, Wave Rider. The new hero, Wave Rider, takes on the form of a cop, where he's attacked by a man. Wave Rider uses new power and looks at the man's past to see what led him to this point. Wave Rider now has the power to stop Monarch. And that's where it stops. This next issue continues in the Superman uh, annual, one of the annuals. But that's for another episode. Right now, uh, let's go and talk about this one. Uh, before we begin, let me go ahead and, uh, Pat, is this your first time reading Armageddon 2001, or have you read it in the past? No, I've, I've read it in the past, and um, I've read it probably several times. It's my first time, boy, I'd say a good 20 years now or more that I've actually start starting the reread of it right. uh, for this. So I thank you for letting me do it. I, it. It brings back so many memories of my first read. This is 91. I'm just starting uh, towards the end of graduating high school, uh, kind of starting the, the big jump of my comic collecting career. So this was the first um, big event that I was like, I got to get every issue of this, all the crossovers and all that. So this this is it means a lot to me. Uh, it's got some really deep memories. Um, looking forward to reading all through the other the other annuals that it will go through. And so, uh, oh, oh I was gonna say so. And long story short, yeah, it's it's not a first read. And Jared, yourself, is this your first time, or are you rereading this? Uh, actually, uh, this was Pat's first read, but I went back in time and changed that, so now it's a reread for him. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Um, well, that's thank very you. good of you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, actually, yes, this is a first read for me. Uh, since we're telling personal stories, uh, I had just gotten back from Germany, and I was in my middle school days, and I kind of fell out of collecting comics at that point. I think because my comic collecting was very tied to my older brother, and he had he left uh, to go to college, so I just kind of stopped. I just kind of fell out of comics for a little bit, and so I totally missed this. So I'm coming into this clean as a whistle. Well, good. Be good to hear a fresh perspective about this 20 years, 30 years later, whatever it's been. It's been a while. Okay, well, let's go ahead and uh, look. Let's talk about the cover first. The cover shows, it has the dial, the title, Armageddon 2001. Above that, it says Introducing Wave Rider. Below the, the logo, we see a, a starry background, the space, the planets, moons, and we see an, an outline of Monarch in the sky. And in front of him, we see Wave Rider floating, his hands glowing. And below him, there's a mountain, it looks like. And along, there's two rows of sets of heroes. The very front starts with Superman and Batman opposed to each other. You got Wonder Woman Flash, and it goes with different heroes until we lose track of who's who in the back. Pat, what do you think about this cover? I like it. Um, to me, it's a, an iconic, it's an iconic cover. Uh, at least in my mind, uh, just because, again, what I mentioned before is it's that series, that event series that started it out for me where, you know, I had to get them all, collect them all, read them all. You have all the, I like it when you have all these superheroes lined up and you can start picking through and going, oh, I know that guy. Oh, I know that. Who's that? You know, and as they kind of fade away in the back, you can your mind can kind of look to see, oh, I think I see this guy or that girl. Uh, Monarch is looking over menacing and mysterious, as we'll find out, and then just with Wave Rider centered in the middle. I, I like a very good art. The art is very good in this. A really good cover for me. Very good. And I, I listened to another podcast, 
and the, the people on that show they they rate the comic book covers. So I'm gonna oh, they do. This. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a decent show. Uh, the main host is pretty good, but he's got a couple guys on there that's always ruining things. Uh, <laughs> D's nuts. <laughs> I am talking about the Crusader Chronicles, uh, hosted oh, yes. by our buddy Pat and Jared and Jared's brother Jason, and then their other friend uh, Delvin. Delvin, yeah, and, and many other guests to come aboard. So. Yeah, we got guests coming pretty soon. Oh, yeah, it's a great show. But oh, yeah, you guys rate it. Somebody sound. I'm gonna steal that stick for this. And, and have you guys rate the covers on a scale of one to five? One being what the hell am I looking at? <laughs> two being and eh, not so great. Three for being a decent cover. Four, eh, I, I really like this cover. And five being this needs to be a poster I can hang on my wall. Uh, Pat, what would you rate this cover? I'm going to rate this a five. This is a poster on my wall. There you go. And then we'll move on to. Uh, Mr. Albrecht, Jared, what do you think about this cover? What are your thoughts on it? Um, I'm not as big on it as Pat. I don't think it's bad. Uh, I, um, I look at it, and I see that it's Dan Jurgens and Terry Austin, and Dan Jurgens an amazing penciler, and Terry Austin's an amazing anchor. So I, I just feel like with that combo, it should just be a little better. For some reason, it, it feels just a little flat to me. My favorite part is the Monarch thing. All the heroes in the line look okay. Uh, I mean, Booster Gold's on the cover, so that automatically makes it awesome. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I'm a Booster Gold homer from way back. But I it just feel like, I don't know, maybe it's a product of the time. I could see, like, where Pat got it new, so it's exciting him. But me being a first-timer and knowing the potential power of the pencils of Dan Jurgens, I just think he could do better. I think I've seen him do better. Um, so I don't hate it, but I think it's pretty decent. And I'll go ahead and bleed that right into saying I would give it a three. Okay, and now for my thoughts on it, uh, I'm leaning more towards Pat on this one. Okay, I don't know if it's just yes. nostalgic factor or because, again, <laughs> I did buy it. I, I quit this show. <laughs> oh, is that what it took to get rid of him? Oh, that's what you got to do, Pat. <laughs> I, believe me, I tried. <laughs> No, I, I really like this cover. Again, as you both have said, Monarch, looming in the background is a very nice touch. I like Wave Riders sitting there first look at him. And I, I like all the heroes. You've got Superman and Batman. This is how they were drawn at the time. you got Wonder Woman, as I mentioned, Flash, Captain Adam, Cyborg, Guy Gardner, Hawkman, Starfire. You know, way in the background, you can, I can barely make out Hawk, yeah. Blue Beetle, Mr. Miracle. I love Mr. Miracle. And there's a couple beyond him you can't really see. I, I really like this cover. I Again, I, much like Pat, I think we'll have to give it a five, because I would love to have this as a poster hanging on my wall. This is, again, as you guys said, this is Dan Jurgens. And while he may, maybe, maybe he does some better work, I don't know. I, I think this is a damn fine cover, and I've always been a Dan Jurgens fan, so I think this is a great cover. And I personally don't see how he could do much better on it, but that's what we have to have. Jared on here to. I was reading this this weekend at the Irredeemable Shag's house, and he's like, "Oh, you're reading Armageddon." I was like, "Yeah, I'm doing a podcast with Aaron," and he goes, "You know who Monarch is?" And I was like, "No, I don't." And he's like, "Really? You don't know?" And I was like, "I have no idea." Well, and we this uh, later in the show, and I'll talk about this again. Some I guess oh, later okay. on, I'm but sorry. no, that's yeah. fine. But, you, can, um, you can bring up your name dropping again later on, Jared. Yeah, hey, who the hell am I name dropping? 
Shag. Yeah, you were dealing with Shag. I was with Shag. Me and me Shag were hanging out with Jake. I've had a lot of my shows. Shag name drops me, son. I don't name drop him. (laughs) (laughs) But I just had a Shag's house reading comics. I slept on his couch, and I'll sleep on yours, too. (laughs) Comics and sharing pudding pops and... Now you're just but, being ridiculous. <laughs> oh, hey, I saw you. I saw you. <laughs> I said, we'll do this more later, but you said you don't know who Monarch is. Do you I know don't, the, I don't the backstory know. about the series and how it ends? Um, All all my new best friend, the Year Dream of Us Shag, told me was that that at some point it got leaked out, the who the Monarch was, and DC changed it at the last minute, and they kind of wished that they hadn't. Like, it was a better plan to begin with. Yes. Well, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, but yeah, I just that's all I know. That's all I know. That. Yeah, and I only know that because my new best friend Shag told me that. <laughs> I think you dropped something there. Uh, Maybe if you asked your old best friend Pat, he would tell you. <laughs> I think I've got a new show coming out on the Fire and Water Network. <laughs> you probably do. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's called the I Betrayed Pat Show, <laughs> and I'm the host. <laughs> uh, sounds like a good show. <laughs> Anyways, back to this show that Shaq's not on. So, Pat, let's go back to, to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on the issue itself, then? Uh, the story itself, it's a heavy read to kind of get through. I mean, granted, it's a special issue, so I, I can't remember what, what's the page cone 64 on it. 64, 64 pages. Likes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so 64 pages to kind of get through. Um, there's not a lot of action in it, but I'm just going to go through my notes here that I wrote down when I was, um, actually took notes, believe it or not, as I was going through it. Yeah. Hey, you're rubbing off on me, Jared. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I rub off on everybody. I'm trying to get back at this place so I can get on his new podcast. Yeah. (laughs) You want to be on the Betrayal of Pets podcast? (laughs) Yeah. And it actually looks like the story itself is 56 pages. Okay. 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 So I really like the opening story. The I don't know if you want to call that a flashback. I guess it is from because we find out that it's actually you know Wave Rider, right. uh, him telling the the kind of the opening, the beginning there. And I really liked how the that was put together. Uh, not only the art, um, but the paneling on it too. There's some really nice even throughout this whole issue. There's some really nice nine panels that I like that really struck me. Um, and, and just the structure of the paneling that's done. Um, but going back, yeah, just the art and the story that's kind of told in those maybe uh, six, seven pages of this that they go through in the beginning uh, with Batman and Superman fighting. Uh, I could just stare at some of those pages um, looking, you know, all the other superheroes that are in the background and things like that. Uh, let's see. Am I then on the page for the when you get to the title page, the dark time? Did you guys notice on the little newspaper box it has Roman Roman does backgrounds? I don't know who Ro, Romano. It Are says right? Romano does backgrounds. If you go to the the big splash page of dark times, it's like page thirteen. Uh, it's okay. Not numbered, so yeah, it's not numbered. Yeah, see, I can't. I, I'm blind, so I can't barely make that out. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I never noticed that in the lower left. It, yeah. It's just because it's kind of you know you got the title in the box of who made who who the writer was, the penciler, and all that. But then on the little newspaper box, they yeah. have uh, New York Post, and it says 
Romano does backgrounds. So I, kind of, I wonder if, like, because of the huge page count, if Dan Jurgens didn't have someone helping him literally draw some background. Like, like look how busy that city is. Right. Yeah. That yeah. might, that might be it. Yeah. Because I believe yeah. Dan was also working on the, one of the Superman titles, if I'm not mistaken, at this point. Plus, what else he had going on, I forget now. It's been a couple decades, but... So I can tell you what he wasn't working on anymore, because Booster Cold was canceled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Why? I'm so sorry. We had to head over to the Just League International. Yeah, yeah. You had to get him on the Justice and... League. But anyways, Pat. Yeah. No, so no, yeah, He's not this it was just a little. <laughs> it was just a little something my eye caught right away, and I didn't know. I'm trying to figure out who Romano is. I haven't done any research because eh, I didn't <laughs> do a lot of research. <laughs> because yeah, why you know, bother? Yeah. <laughs> I'll learn it as I go. That's all part of my journey of learning these as I go. uh, I like the part where it's floppy disks or, you know, three and a half disks of of memories that he's going back and looking at. Which wasn't Uh, at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. 91, I guess. Yeah, that's right. At this point, they were moving over to CD. I would have thought there would at least be a CD. Not so much DVD in 91. Yeah. yeah, you would I you would have thought compact disc perhaps, but yeah, yeah, ninety one. You know what disc. though? I bet our podcasting partner, the dark web, looks at that and is like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> <laughs> See, by the size, they almost look like they're five and a quarter. The larger floppy discs, almost. Mm. Yeah, they look really large, but I'm like, come on, you can no, it's 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 a three and a half. You can tell because it's got the. Yeah, you're right. It's got the little slider thing, the yeah, metal slider. slider thing on the top, little place for your label. Yeah, actually, and on, on the probably the next page, yeah, actually, you can tell a lot better view of it. Yeah, yeah it and the guy's got a little. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. a techie guy, so I, I I notice these things. But yeah, come on, it, on the first page when he walks in the shop and they're on the shelf, it almost looks like they're the larger. Yeah, and those may be something else because yeah, he takes them to the back room, and that's where we get the actual superheroes, which are the three and a quarter. Yeah, and, yeah so CDs weren't. I don't think they were. They were. I think they were just coming into. They were just use. probably coming in around in that time. I think I remember back in the day paying like three hundred bucks for a CD-ROM, like a oh, four yeah. or an eight X CD-ROM. <laughs> Dang it! So I could so I could play what was it? So I could play like one of the Star Wars games. Because oh, it go. was on a like Tie Fighter or something like that. Because they had it on a CD to download it. CD's nuts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> See if I make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Anyways, I'm like, that. yeah. Why can't why why can't they show some love to the laser disc here? <laughs> That's because all. Not anyone, no one loves laser disc. <laughs> hey, I was buying laser disc. Besides that, yeah, I guess so. That's why it's a dying media. But anyway, let's see. Uh, you have the like I like the background um, rumors and of Monarch that they kind of th- these stories that he's kind of telling whether he he don't know if they're rumors and these flash I don't know if they're flashbacks or just thoughts of what he thinks Monarch is and what Monarch does I don't know if they're real where he's like destroying a, a whole kind of city area things like that destroys a train. Uh, I like the Armageddon 2000. Uh, oh yeah, I like the Armageddon 2001 ad page that's in the comic. I don't know if you guys have that. No, I've got it. Yes. I've got just yeah, I've got uh, it. Story. I've got it's, it. Yeah. 
it's kind of a, a cool ad again of you know monarch being behind there and all the superheroes lining up mm-hmm. i actually like that drawing uh better than the cover i like oh, yeah. that the ad drawing i think and yeah so- i would agree with you on that i i like that <laughs> that drawing's a lot a lot better than the cover but i like the i like the cover cover just has some nostalgic to me for, for uh, i me. could definitely i could definitely see it i'm not i am not poo-pooing you guys' cover choice it if it's got that nostalgia feel, then go for it. <laughs> um, also, I like the part where he gets arrested by his own daughter. Right. Trying to save the little girl's life. Man. And and the guy's called a terrorist because he's got this information or selling these discs. Yeah. Crazy, crazy world. Yeah. Um, I Also, the use of the word ass they they let that word ass in the comic pompous ass he calls somebody i'm like whoa that got passed through the comic <laughs> huh. i remember back in the in the day with dc like about this time i remember they would use occasional hell an occasional damn and an occasional ass hmm. i mean i just i found that interesting for the time frame yeah go back and but, check yeah, it was approved by the comics of the 32 though so yeah hmm, interesting pushing the boundaries yeah, or you know, it's not. It's actually spelled out there. It's not with the crazy hieroglyphic letters. Right. Uh, the other thing, cool thing that I saw when reading through on the copy that I have, um, there's an ad for Rocketeer, June twenty. Yes. Um, yes, man, and, those Rocketeer art, the art on those ads is just amazing. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I enjoyed the story. Just kind of, it's the beginning of it, so. There's a lot to learn, but I am excited to see how it plays out again. <laughs> Very good. And uh, Jared, what are your thoughts on, again, being the first time reader to this? I actually did not read the issue, so. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I, I expected that. The joke again, is back. The, shows. <laughs> the joke is back. back. Um, okay. <laughs> what did I think? Um, my favorite part, I'll just jump right to that. Go ahead and read through it. My favorite part is when the Ninja Turtles show up with a box of cereal. <laughs> that was good. There's an ad in there. You don't have the joke doesn't work for Aaron. Doesn't have the ad. No, the best ad though. The ad, best. Though. The, the other ad is the the back cover of the actual video game. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't pick the Dungeons and Dragons ad, Pat. No, that one just, it wasn't a lot in that ad. Mm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about ads. Talk about the story. No, the story. All right. I have a question for, oh, first of all, I did a little homework while Pat was saying words about things. Um, there is a comic book artist whose name is Romano Molinar, and he would have been 20 at the time. From And he's done some, looks like a little superhero stuff, and he's from the Netherlands, so maybe could have been him. Hmm. But I Googled Romano, comic book artist, and he was the big one that came up. So, oh, all right. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily, I guess I should have checked. It also typed in Armageddon 2001, but that seems like a lot of characters. Well, well, if somebody out there knows, go ahead and contact Aaron at... Ted? Hello? At, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I've been on mute. I, was, I got feeling left out of here, so I was pulling my Armageddon 2001 out. It's right here next to me. The box. Ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so you can reach me at head at headspeaks.com. If you, have any, if you know who we're referring to, if you know who Romano is... I'd, yeah, I'd like to know. So, so you know, I reached over and pulled mine out because I'm in comics right here next to me. Oh, you were je- you about, were jealous about our talk of ads. Yes, yeah, so you guys talking about the ads, and I'm like, you know, I, I feel left out. I don't have those here. 
So luckily I'm out here in Manland and I've got boxes of boxes of comics next to me. Working on getting a shelf to put them on. But luckily A's are here on top, so I was able to reach over and pull it out. Nice. Well, when you first recommended this podcast, I went ahead and I got on eBay and I got the Armageddon special number one and number two. And it also came with Armageddon Alien Agenda number one. And it was only like two or three bucks, so no big deal. It was a four-shoe miniseries that I'm still debating if I'm going to talk about that or not. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I got basically yeah. I have one, two, and then Alien Agenda number one, and that's it. But anyways, a uh, question for you guys. As the new yes. guy going through it. Uh, is this like first appearance of Wave Rider? Does anybody know about Wave Riders? I didn't know anything about him until this. Yes. Okay. This Good. is his first appearance. This is where he was created. He, he he was created for this this series. Okay, I got that feeling, but I wasn't sure. Um, I'm going to agree with Pat big time on the interior art. Dan Jurgens is just killing it. It's mm-hmm. good stuff, top to bottom. Uh, the story we talked about is fifty some odd page count. I'm not sure it needed to be. It's it, there was a lot of parts that were like very moody and psychedelic and a little confusing. Like I'm still not exactly sure what happened when Wave Rider showed up with the cop and the knife guy, and like I, I didn't quite get it. Um, I, I got a feeling of where they were going with it. Like he could see people's timelines or something, but I wasn't sure how. Did he did he move into the body of the cop? Did he move into the, like a la Dead Man or into the body of the knife guy? No, I, th- I believe my interpretation of what happened there was when he landed on Earth, he took the form of a cop. Okay. And then when the knife guy attacked him, he and this we'll learn more about this as the series goes on. He has the power; he can touch somebody, and he can see their their history, their future, their present, their past. Okay. And he can look at what he wants to. So at this point, he was looking at this criminal okay. and seeing what's going to happen with him. Okay. It seems like he took him out. So you know, no more Mr. Knife Guy. No. Put him Again, it felt like it almost felt like they were trying to make a page count, like it was stretched out a little bit story-wise. But when you look at it, like Pat said, with the great panel layouts and the flow of the art, I'm not complaining. You know, sometimes you just like get burned out, and you're like, okay, where's the end? Where's the end? And the, the art was the art really dro- drove the book. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, the story was still good. But the art was doing the the lion's share of the work, in my opinion. I don't have as many detailed notes as Pat because I'm not cool as Pat. So I'm basically <laughs> like art good, story okay. Am I intrigued enough to continue? Sure, I am. Especially now that I know there's a whole sub thing behind it, like the goings on at DC. Like you know, we were talking about like Monarch's identity was like leaked or something like that, and they had to change it. 
So now that I know there's like a story behind the story, it makes it even more interesting, and I'm compelled to move forward. See, yeah, oh, oh, I was going to say, see, I didn't yeah, at the time of reading this originally back in '91. Right. You did, I didn't know that. So come to find out, it how the story lays out is like, oh wow, that's really even more interesting after I've read it. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I didn't hear again. I didn't have a whole bunch of friends that read comics. I had one guy that I read comics with. And uh, so, yeah, I didn't know. I think I'd read it in Wizard sometime near the end or right after the story ended about the whole <laughs> mistake there. And we'll get into that later on. But I'll tell you what is funny is, like I told you, I, I in my order, I got, I got the big issue one and issue two, right. basically the beginning of the end. And then I got Alien Agenda. And Monarch is unmasked on the cover of Alien Agenda, and I still don't know who he is. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea who that is. All I know is it's, well, I won't say anymore, but I was able to eliminate certain genders and certain races by that cover. So. <laughs> and, yeah, we'll get into that. But, yeah, he his civilian identity is not one, like, this. not, you know, spoilers, I guess. It's not Superman. It's not Bruce Wayne. It's not something you're going to instantly recognize unless you're a comic. Apparently, because I'm looking at him right now, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. So, uh, To me, it looks like it's probably Grunt from G.I. Joe. That's my first guess. <laughs> Grunt, wrong universe? Grunt probably not. <laughs> I don't think we're spoiling anything, but it's probably not Grunt. Okay, so eliminate Grunt from my list. I got it. <laughs> and I guess, you know, again, hearing Jared, a first-time reader, you know, say you, you are interested in reading more. It, apparently the first issue did its job, and that's an important thing to me. Yeah, I'm it curious, did. Because you know, I read this, like Pat said, back when it first came out. I, I'd gotten to comics in 87 with G.I. Joe. By 88, I was buying most DC and Marvel books that are out there. So by this time, yeah, I was heavily into comics. So I, I was picking up all the annuals anyways. But this continuous storyline helped. Uh, as far as Jared's coming out, I'm not sure as he took the guy out as far as killing him. I think he just knocked him out. I don't think. Right. No, I, yeah, I didn't mean to imply he was dead. Yeah, you, were just, he, you just wanted to go for the, the bad joke. Well, <laughs> let's, we don't have to you know, put labels on things. We don't have to. I choose to. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I do sort of a little bit agree with you there, Jared. And I'm kind of hedging that because I don't like to agree with you, but... Understand. <laughs> it's a painful place to be. I get it, it is. It's not a good place to be. The story, parts of the story, does seem padded out a little bit. Like they're trying to reach that that page counts. Yeah. On one hand, but on the other hand, I mean, it is well not vital for the story. It does kind of help give. It gives a big uh, look into Matthew Ryder's head, where mm -hmm. he's coming from, and, and well, it doesn't tell us what happened in the past because again, everything's changing. And a lot of, you know, when they show Batman, Superman in this one panel, they're giant, larger than life, bigger than the city. Yeah, Superman like Godzilla fighting. style. Yeah. So, I mean, the art's very uh, exaggerated, but again, it is Dan Jurgens doing the artwork. And as I said here and elsewhere, I love Dan Jurgens' artwork. Definitely. I think he's fantastic. So you can't go wrong. Like I said, the art does carry the book. Uh, Archie Goodwin's no slouch when it comes to writing, but. Part it does seem like he could have shortened just, it down a little. Just bit. tighten it up a little. I think he would have the page counts because you, you have to end it where you end it. Yeah, I tell you what, I just noticed. Uh, by the way, 
the ad, the in-house ad that we referred to that we really liked, the Armageddon 2001 and in the issue house ad, is right. actually is actually the last the big panel of the last page of this comic. They t- they took the big panel from the final page and made the ad out of it. Oh, you know, I didn't even notice. Oh yeah, well, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, back and, back and forth. You are correct. Still looks good. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's very nice. That's probably uh, why you I, like I, it. Yeah. Yeah, and going to the ad, like not since Invasion has a crossover series, so shake in the DC universe. This blockbuster series begins in Armageddon 2001, crosses over into 12 DC annuals, and reaches its shocking climax in Armageddon 2001 number two. I love I this. Love the, I yeah, I love the the adding that they did, and I just love this period of DC where they did these big events. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big event guy, and that's what always grabbed me because then I could you know, get into other comics, superheroes, uh, and see, get a taste of the other world or the other people out in this world. That's what I like. I wish they would do it again. Yeah, that was part of my undoing was the crossovers back when I first started. Much like you, Peggy, I'd read the crossovers and it would lead over to this other book. Okay, well, let me read this book. Yeah. Oh, this is good. I got to get these packages. If, I got to re- continue reading this. Yeah. If, <laughs> if they do it good, that's what it's meant to be. But right. if they do it bad, like, I don't need the, like, oh, here's just a short appearance of, like, Infinity War. Man, you know, there's only just a little bit of something happening in, like, when they did the whole Infinity Gauntlet thing. It's like, right. yeah. But I, I was a sucker. I bought all of them, too. So, Well, my- much like... Uh, two steps forward and two steps back. We come together because opposites attract. Here's a little story and you're sure to like it. Swift and sly and a plan it cool with my homegirl, Paula. Dude. It's a natural fact. It's a natural fact. I I never liked crossover events. Like, I was the world's most cynical, like, 14-year-old. Because I was like, like, you're just trying to get my money. I don't want your stupid event. And I hate how it interrupts the flow of the story I'm currently reading. Uh, So, yeah, I I was just a little little cantankerous, you know, son of a bitch. And uh, still are. Still am a little bit, yeah. But actually, you know, now I'm learning to love these going back. Like I said, I'm I'm interested now. But, you know, back in this day, when I started really reading comics, you know, pretty heavily around 11, 12, 13 years old, I was never a big events guy. Like, if they did, like, a maxi-series, you know, like Marvel Superhero Secret Wars, its own maxi-series, I was down for that. But when it was like an event, I was like, you're obviously trying to get me to buy all these other books. I'm not going to do it. I was frugal. I was a yard sale type of kid, and uh, not a lot has changed. <laughs> and, and the beauty, the beauty of it is, though, they were they were making you buy the annuals. Yes, which were yes. a more heavier, heavy price count. Annuals yeah. are always don't uh, very very rarely do they affect what's re- going on in your main storyline. Right, and, and so harder sell. Yeah, 
So I was I was like, nah, man, I gotta I gotta save my nickels and dimes. Mm. I think I think Daniel's probably a harder sell because, like you said, a lot of times they have no real bearing on the actual story. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's a one off or it, just, it doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. And so I think that may be why they went through the annuals. Like, you know what? Let's try to up the sell these annuals. Let's go ahead and do something special. <laughs> but I definitely am interested. So like you said, going back to, I don't know, eight minutes ago, it, it did its job. The story did its job. It's got me hooked from, from your from your newbie point of view. Good right. job. Good job, Archie and Dan. And Dick. Dick Giordano's inks are looking good in there. But yeah, so overall, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the story. I, I do like you know Matthew Ryder. Getting Monarch's attention by firebombing his statue, mm-hmm. and then Monarch taking him up to his satellite. We got the the wooded area there, and he's laying out. And Matthew's like, "Yeah, yeah your time travel works. It's just your people, you know. Your iron, your iron thumb has held everyone down, so no one has the, the imagination, the willpower to do it anymore." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very no bones about you know. You tell him like it is for the most part. I'm wondering. Then, oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, they're like when they're talking, and all of a sudden. Monarch, yeah, he, well, and also the scenery vanishes, the, the plants and then vanishes, and we see all these scientists. Mm-hmm. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, checks out. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jared? I'm just wondering, like, why a guy who is, like, so hellbent on control, like Monarch is, right? why would he even be exploring time control, like something that could easily undermine him? Like, I don't understand that. Maybe that'll be revealed, but, like, I would be like, if I was Monarch, I would be keeping time control, trying to actively make sure it doesn't happen. You know. Well, I think he, he knows that it, it can and probably will happen as being a previous hero in the past. Uh-huh. So he, he's trying to conquer time travel that way. He has control of it? Yes, he, he's the one that controls time travel. Uh, okay. One of his agents is in charge of it. And yeah, oh. it, way maybe he can stop anyone because he knows that. Again, heroes are going to try what they can mm. to stop him. Maybe time travel may be involved. And so if he can get a handle on time travel now, maybe he can stop. Because, again, Booster Gold came from the future, so he knows yeah. it is possible. And he is the greatest hero that ever lived, so good point. And that that gives me two questions, or my two thoughts. Yes. Is if he's trying to knows about time travel, obviously, you know, he's got to know from the Legion, the little that I know about the Legion, don't they try and time travel a lot? Yes, they do. So a lot, but they do, they do some time traveling. That's they time travel back to Superboy's time and Superman's time. So he's got to, you know, maybe at least being a superhero, you know, they all, they all tell their war stories that are on, uh, you know, the satellite talking about it or wherever they are. Um, the other thing is, do you, do you know, Aaron, since you're more in-depth into the DC universe than I am, their Wave Rider appears again later on, but are there any other, like the people that they've sent in, like that girl that they were I was wondering about on? that, too. Yeah, I don't recall ever hearing anything else about any of the other the test subjects. Oh, okay. that's a that's a dangling thread. If I got a job at DC tomorrow, that's, I'd, that's I'd what want to I'm write saying. that story. That's I would what I that my story. mind is like, hey, you could rewrite the history right here by going, these people made it. Could solve yeah, all through like 88 through 2007 or so, I read almost every DC Marvel comic that came out. And yeah, I don't recall any stories picking up on that. that. Yeah, that the, that's the a cool assumption, The assumption yeah. is that they all died, is what is what Matthew says, and yeah. what he's implying, but... 
but you don't yeah, know. A writer it could be to. out there. Could be like a time traveling team that we don't even know about. How do they know he died? How do they know they died? Just because right. the body's not there, you don't know where they may have right. ended up or whatever. You know the rule of comics, movies, and TV. If you don't see the yeah. body, they ain't dead. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's the, the general <laughs> rule of comics. You don't see, and even sometimes if you do see the body, then yeah. you come back. Look at yeah. Superman. They had a body. <laughs> yep. But yeah, no. So that. So again, for all intents and purposes, they are dead. But having said that, as we discussed, there is no bodies. There's no proof of death. They could be out Nothing there. If wanted to, they they could actually look at that further and and maybe. And again, later on, there, again, I guess there's going to be spoilers if you haven't read this or read much DC back in the 90s. Wave Rider does show up after this, and he hangs out with a group called the Linear Men. Yeah. Okay. Who monitor time travel. Uh, there's a couple of them. I don't know if they've actually given them origins. Maybe that's where they're from. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That would be an interesting. Unless I, unless I miss it, yeah, there's a couple they didn't really give origins nope. for. They're just linear men. So if it's a possibility, maybe that's where they came from. Who knows? Somebody, if you're out there, let us know. Or let Aaron know at. Yeah. <laughs> you, again, let me know at head at headspeaks.com. I'd, I'd like to know. Yeah, let, let me know. And I can let Pat and everybody know if you guys yeah. know anything in particular. But yeah, I don't recall. Like, there's okay. one or two that I recall that linear men, they didn't really, unless I misremember because it's been, it's been, Several decades and millions of comics hmm. I've read. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. There's a couple. They don't. I don't think they went to their origins, and I don't think. The, so they could tie these two together if, if some writer wanted to. Uh, Dan Jurgens, if you're out there listening, you know you do you do some writing. Maybe you could write a follow up to this and tie some of this together. <laughs> I'll I'll ink the book for you. Well, there, there you go. go. <laughs> well, again, guys, overall, I, I really enjoy. As I, as I said, I love here. I don't know the page number because he's. Sad these aren't numbered, which I hate. I do like this scene here near the beginning when Matt's telling the backstory and they've got a big sandstorm or whatever, and it ends and mm-hmm. we see the black shadowy figure and in front we got the skeletons and we see capes right. and things hanging off rocks. <laughs> it's just some really cool next page. You got Batman's, not Batman, Superman's costume on his skeleton. Yeah. And he steps just, on it. Yeah. Just steps on crushes. It's just really cool. Just like Terminator. Steps on the crest Very of the house so. of L. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And again, and there are some issues that will come up later on, but we'll get that later on. But overall, yes, as a first issue, the story introduced the characters. It introduced Wave Rider. gave us the origins, the, the backstory. Again, it did a very good job. I agree. I just want to say um, props to the CW network, the writers and all that for Legends of Tomorrow, them using Wave, Wave Rider as the ship that yeah, that's, goes that's through time. Then once I heard that name, I'm like, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, I was in there with my wife and my was my daughter there. I forget now. But yeah, when they announced Wave Rider, the name of the ship, I kind of giggled more. It's like, okay, it's a comic reference. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, oh, it's, it's a character from... A storyline over again, two thousand one. Just I thought it was in it. The ship's not in the comic, but I just thought it was a nice. Like yeah. that said, it was a nice touch that they gave that ship the name of Wave Rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody knows there. I don't want to make the show terribly depressing or anything, but uh, Armageddon. You know, this universe in two thousand one. You know, this right. major event happens and the world gets darker. And then in real life in two thousand one, a major event happened and the world got darker. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> What's yeah. It, wow. Yeah. 
I know that's depressing. So uh, uh, these nuts. Yeah, we'll come back from that with a these nuts joke. <laughs> and on that depressing note, uh, both <laughs> thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> both happened in two thousand one and these nuts. No. <laughs> but well, Pat, do you have any other thoughts or, or comments about this issue or anything we've talked about? No, I enjoyed the story. I liked it. And Jared, I I dig being the the newbie. I do a couple of podcast where i take newbies through things uh and it's fun to be on the other side so i'm digging it thanks for inviting okay. me on oh always it's glad to, i'm glad to talk to you guys uh before yeah. i let you guys go why don't you uh pat tell everybody where they can find you if they want to hear more of your ramblings well if they want to hear more more of my ramblings you can find me on the long box crusade podcast uh there we have the long box crusade podcast which will be a, a monthly podcast of uh, figuring out what's in my long box along with everybody else that is on the show, like Jared, his brother, Delvin, and special guests uh, coming up. We will have Aaron on, so hey. take a listen to that. Yeah, that episode's coming out pretty soon. Uh, otherwise, we do Crusader Chronicles, which is more of a chronological jaunt through my long box with the guys as well. Join me along with other special guests as well, too, and we go from the we go from the beginning to the end. We'll see if we can make it all the way to the end to, to read them all there. But you can find that at the longboxcrusade.com. Uh, you can find us on the Twitter at Longbox Crusade or on Facebook at Longbox Crusade. And Jared, if people want to make the same mistake that me and Pat's done and hear more about mm-hmm. you, Understood. Where, they, where can they find you at? Uh, I, I also uh, dabble in Longbox Crusade, and I was just thinking about that on Chronicles, how we're going through his collection chronologically. And right. based off the amount of comics I'm mailing Pat every quarter or so, well, we will never finish. Exactly. So, <laughs> and that's, and I'm okay with that. Uh, but if you want to hear some more of my jibber jabber, uh, you can tune into podcast on her Majesty's secret podcast, where um, I've got a couple of different uh, shows. We got sort of, a, it's sort of a variety of programming, but it's all James Bond oriented. So if you're into that, check out On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. Uh, if you want to hear some more random ramblings, go to the White Rocket Entertainment Network. And that's a real potpourri of podcasts as well. But you will catch me doing stuff on Babylon 5, on Quantum Leap. I have my own show called Comics with Normies, where I take people who don't read comics and have them try comics. So those are the best places to find me. Uh, Jipper Jabber, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Yard Sale Artist. On Facebook, I am Jared Albrick, Yard Sale Artist. Just check, just uh, search Yard Sale Artist. You'll find me. And I definitely recommend checking out their shows. they got some great shows. Uh, well, Pat does. Jared, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he jerks jer- jer- up the shows where we appear. So. Well, luckily, I got Van Plexico over there at White Rocket keeping me on the straights and narrows. Oh, hey, you, you dropped something there, Jared. Name. <laughs> That's not, oh. I don't name drop Plexico. He name drops me. <laughs> uh, anyways, thank you guys very much for for joining me on this. Oh, you're welcome. Well, uh, thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Happy to be the punching bag as usual. My friends JMD Mateus and John Beatty are not going to be pleased. With me about this. I was waiting for that name drop. Yes. <laughs> Surprise! You work a bit sooner. <laughs> oh, what's for dinner?
thank you for listening to another fantastic episode of Head Speaks. Hope you enjoyed it. If so, let me know. Drop me an email to head at headspeaks.com or visit our home at head.headspeaks.com. You can also visit and talk with me on Facebook and Google+, both under Head Speaks. You can also send an MP3 file with your thoughts, and I can play that on the air. And you can also get more of me on my other podcasts. Be sure to listen to Task Force X, where monthly I look at John Ostinger's Suicide Squad and Paul Kuppenberg's Checkmate comics from the 80s and early 90s. Also, over on G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, my podcasting friends, Ryan Daly and Kyle Benning, along with myself, are looking at all of the G.I. Joe, a real American hero comics, and related titles from Marvel and IDW. All of my headcasts are available on iTunes and Stitcher, along with the respective blogs and my main page at headspeaks.com. All comments, thoughts, and opinions expressed on Head Speaks are owned wholly by the speaker of said comments, and do not express the opinions of Head Speaks, unless, of course, I'm the one making the comments. Head Speaks, Task Force X, and G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, are all part of the headcast family. So, join us next month for another wonderful episode of Head Speaks. Until then, I'll see you in the funny pages. Good night.